Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about being a true light in a dark world. Uh, By the way, I recently heard, and I think I shared this not too long ago, that truth is not a verb. You can't be truthing. Truth is. And so we know that truth is not a what, but a who. And the Bible tells us that the Word of God is true and that Jesus is the Word. And so we want to be rooted and grounded in truth and in light, which is the, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives inside of us. And so I've got some practical things I want to bring us today about being a true light in a very dark world. And we are definitely living in the middle of a culture war, in the middle of a religious war over identity and culture among the people of the world today, not just the nation, but in, in our entire world. The Internet, in some ways, has made the world very small. So that's very interesting, too. I'm going to quote to you as our foundation one of my most favorite uh, yet ob- obscure scriptures in the Bible that I love. This is one that I love to just uh, ponder on and dwell on because it's really simple, yet there's so much depth to it, and I love the poetic language of it, especially in the King James. But it's 1 John 2, verse 8, and it says, The darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Oh, and let me just tell you, it's like the song we sang when we were little kids, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. The light is inside of you. You have Jesus inside of you. Jesus chooses to work through his church, which is made up of his people, and that's us. That's us, his believers. And so we have to let our light shine in a dark place. And we do that through love. We know love conquers all. And so our love for the Lord and our love for others through him really can bring light into this very dark time in our world. And so really, this is now just, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the book of First John and where we're going to root ourselves in First John, and we're going to just talk about some practical ways of how you can be a light, and it's real simple. It's inward, upward, and outward. That was a slogan one time of a church I went to, but I like it. I like it a lot. It sums it up nicely, and they had like a little, three little, uh, you know, human silhouettes, and it was like inward, one went inward, one went upward, and one went outward, but it's a great summary of what it really means to be a true light. We're living in a day of so much hypocrisy that you need to be able to discern, prophetically discern, true light when you see it. You know, there's a scripture that says, my sheep know my voice and another voice they will not follow. That's deep too, because first of all, that means there's another voice. And it also means that are voices that are not true. And You have to be really familiar with the true voice to know that voice. You know, when my children were small, we could hear several babies crying in the nursery, and I would know if that was my child's cry. I don't, you know, can't describe how I knew that, but I was so familiar with my baby that I knew their cry. You know, when they train bank tellers uh, on how to detect counterfeit money, they don't study counterfeit money. They make them so familiar with real money 
that they can easily then detect something that is not real. It's like when you uh, do the, see the taste test with drinks. If you gave me Coca-Cola, which I've you know been drinking most of my life, and then you tried to pass off RC Cola as the real thing, Coca-Cola, I would immediately know the difference because I'm, I just am so familiar with that flavor and that taste. And so that's sort of the idea I want to go along here with. But let me read that again. First John 2, 8, it says, The darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The book of First John is about walking in light and walking in love and how to reveal that eternal life, the light of Jesus in you to others. And so that's it. That's that inward, upward, and outward. And so we're going to keep it pretty simple. I've got so many scriptures I want to share with you. I'm going to also read this one out of John 1, and this is verse 4 and 5. It says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm telling you, love conquers all. The the light of Christ in you can shine on any darkness and dispel the darkness. And you have to believe that. You have to believe that God's Word is true and, and it will do what it says it will do. But you also have to work the Word. You know, the Word works, but you have to work the Word. What do I mean by that? First of all, you have to read it and get it in you. Then you have to believe it. And then you have to walk it out. In practice is real practical. That's another way of saying with God's word, you have to take it inward, upward through faith and then outward to the world. And so really, that's sort of the the theme I'm going with here is this inward, outward, upward. But we're really going to focus on practical Christianity, being a light in the dark world. What are some basic ways I can do that? Really, this is just tips on practical Christian living. I've been a Christian since, technically, since I was about seven years old, and um, I actually prayed to receive Jesus in my heart at seven. My mom gifted me a little Bible, and we wrote in it, and then I was baptized right after that, and and uh, and then many times, you know, children, a lot of times, they'll they'll pray during an altar call. Yeah, even after they've done it, they'll do it again and again and again, and I think I was one of those kids that did that, grew up in church my whole life. Feel like I've seen a lot. Feel like I really understand church and church culture. I also can say that I've seen uh, hypocrisy. I've seen church done right. I've seen people who I believe are practically saints, and I've seen people in the church who might practically be devils. So I believe I've seen it all, and hopefully I can offer you something up useful for you, things I've learned. And, and you know, mine was a process of coming up in uh, children's church and then uh, Sunday school and youth group and then learning how to become involved in church and, and just all the things. And, and really, for most of my life, I was just a witness of things in church and and later, as I got older, I became more involved myself. And so hopefully I can pass on some things that will really help you. And I'm going to also pepper this with a lot of scriptures that I really believe can bless us. Now, that one that I gave us in 1 John, I want to read actually a little bit around that in 1 John chapter 2. And this is verses 8 through 10. It says, again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. He who, sa- he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness until now. 
He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. What a wonderful scripture. So let's talk about that. I don't ever want to be what the Bible calls a stumbling block for another person. But I'm also going to tell you, we make mistakes, and there's grace, and there's forgiveness. The Lord, the Lord loves us, and he always was looking to restore us and to make us. You know, holiness is a lifelong process. It's a lifelong pursuit. And so, and you cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it in ourselves. We will fail every time. However, on the other side of the coin, we should strive to live a pure, godly, clean life before the Lord as a, as a sacrifice and out of obedience unto the Lord. And so just want to kind of bring balance to those things. I, I've seen churches where there's what I would call extreme legalism, a lot of rules, basically. And then I've been in some churches where there's no rules and anything goes and they're uh, laden with scandal. So we want to walk a balanced Christian life. The, the Lord tells us, you know, we, we are in the world And we have to occupy until he comes, but we're not of the world. We are different. Christians are different. You need to be okay with that. You need to be comfortable with your identity as a Christian, with your Christian identity. And I really feel like that's at the root with a lot of people of their struggle is they're struggling with their Christian identity. You know, it's like someone who, I don't know, maybe they're tall. Maybe they're thin. Maybe they're heavy or whatever. Maybe they're very short. Or maybe they have a, you know, a funny shaped ear or nose or eyes or whatever. And it's like, you know, when they're in the awkward stages of becoming a young adult, a teen, they may struggle with their identity in the sense of not being secure in their self. But then later, once they get over their self, see that as something that sets them apart, makes them special and unique, and they gain confidence they can become so interesting and the most that can become beautiful it's kind of like the the some of the movies that barbara streisand had been in like funny girl you know she she was not the typical beautiful you know beauty of the girl next door uh, she kind of was this ugly duckling type but once you begin to see her and her personality in the movie then she ends up being you know beautiful and stunning and so I love to watch that transformation how that someone can win you over with their confidence in their self and they're being comfortable in their self and there's something very desirable and attractive about that that says hey I want to be their friend or hey they've got something I'm real I really like that about them and so you need to be that about yourself with your faith, with your Christianity. You need to embrace your Christianity. I, I think that's the answer to the world today. I think too, too many people in the church have been uh, insecure in their faith or are too afraid to be a hypocrite or too afraid to do or say the wrong thing. But, you know, it comes down to performance versus character. There are a lot of people who want to perform being a Christian, but their character may say something different. And we need to be people of principle and of character, secure in who we are in Christ. And it's in Him. That's the secret, in Him. That inward, upward, outward. Okay, let's move through this list. I've got one more scripture for us, and then I, th- I think we'll we'll just have a discussion, and I've got some little points I want to bring up after that. So I'm going to leave us with Romans 13, 10 through 14. It says, love does no harm to a neighbor. We could just stop and preach right there. (laughs) Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this knowing the time, that now is high time 
to awake out of sleep. Amen. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly. And we're going to talk about how to walk properly. As in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. That's living in Romans chapter 7, and this is going to teach us how to live in Romans chapter (laughs) 8. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Oh, man, if you read that every day before you started your day, you would be walking your day with power. And I would suggest that I'm a big believer in reading something like scripture or making a declaration based on scripture in the mirror to yourself out loud. There's power in that transformative power. You got to do it. It's the grind of doing it every day. You got to get it in you. Okay. So I've got basically three little categories here that I want to make this, what we've just talked about, practical. How to be a light in a dark world. How do we do that very practically? Well, it's that inward, upward, outward. And I'm going to break this down into how to do it for yourself, in church, and as an outreach. Inward, upward, outward. Very simple, very basic, very practical, but powerful. And some of this may be things you know. Well, hopefully, if that's the case, this will just confirm how you're already living. And uh, this can be something maybe you can share with someone who, you know, maybe you're concerned that, oh, you know, I wish they wouldn't do that. (laughs) That's a bad witness. You know, some of that church lingo, you're being a bad witness. All right, first, let's talk about yourself. What does it really mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a believer? Well, first of all, you have to know who you are in Christ. When you choose Jesus, when you choose the Lord, you become His. I was listening to, I believe it was Steve Harvey. He was on one of those little clips that'll pop up in their like fast little uh, Instagram clips that'll come up on your feed. And he was making a statement that he had mentioned and just in casual conversation that his wife was his. And, and it offended someone, you know, that was young and was like, she's not a possession. <laughs> and he kind of clapped back and said, hold on now. She is mine. That's my wife. But please know that I am hers. And that's what we've agreed on. And this is our marriage. And we belong to one another. And he, you know, talked a little bit about that. And then the clip went on. And I didn't think much about it. But then later when I was doing this study, I thought, wow, that's really powerful. You know, we're not in a partnership in our marriage. If you're a believer, if you're if you're married before the Lord, it's not a partnership. It's not a contract. I have a whole podcast on contract versus covenant. If you want to go back and listen to that, I do a deep dive on the difference. And there's a powerful difference. I'm not in a contract with my husband. It's not a negotiation <laughs> um, about our marriage. We're in a covenant. And, and we become, the two become one. We belong fully to one another. And so that's uh, a different mindset, a different view. When you have the view of covenant and the power of covenant behind you, it's a different mindset, a whole different paradigm, if you will. So first of all, you have to know you're in covenant with the Lord. You, you, are, you belong to the Lord. There's so much power in that. There's so much security in that. You are His. He chose you. You chose him. 
This is a covenant. And so it's, it's like when Moses stood up on the mountain in the book of Deuteronomy in front of Gerizim and Mount Ebal, and he said, he said, listen, here's the covenant. He, he gave them all the stipulations. Blessings if you obey, and you open yourself up to curses if you disobey. He says, do you agree? And the people say, like a marriage, I do. And they entered into covenant with Jehovah Yahweh God. And so we need to have that mindset that we are in a covenant with our Heavenly Father, that He loves us, He cares for us, He wants to take care of us. And and it just made me think about that little thing that I heard Steve, you know, Steve Harvey, a comedian and an entertainer, say that had a lot of profound wisdom in it. And so First of all, you have to know who you are yourself in Christ, that you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior and that you belong to him and that you want to love, serve and obey him. Some people in the modern world have trouble with these words, uh, but this is this is what what the Lord has asked us to do. And if you love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, this is what you will be motivated to do. And there's blessing in that. It's an ancient covenant. Okay, so first of all, when you've given yourself to the Lord, you're secure in your identity as a believer, then first thing you need to do is you need to develop a relationship with the Lord. It's not religion, it's relationship. And by that, that means prayer, worship, and time in the Word, and conversation with the Lord. Your prayer is just conversation with the Lord. And there's different kinds of prayer. I think we did a podcast on the different types of prayer. There's prayer of adoration. There's prayer of request. That's most people's people's kind of prayer. But I'm like Paul. I pray without ceasing. I talk to the Lord all the time. You know, what should I do? Thank you, Lord. There's the prayer of gratitude. You know, all these different ways that you can pray. But you need to be in regular conversation, regular communication with the Lord. I say it this way. Prayer is when we talk to God and prophecy is when he speaks back. And the most primary way he does that is through his word, through his word. What is prophecy? It is supernatural communication from the Lord. It can come in a dream, can come in, you know, your prayer life, can come through a song. Sometimes the Lord speaks to me through a song. A lot of times the Lord speaks to me through a song. It'll just kind of grip my heart if I'm dealing with something and it's a worship song. And I'll be like, oh, that's a word for me. I needed to hear, you know, Waymaker today. I needed to be reminded that even though I cannot see it, you're working. And man, that'll just be an, an anointed moment in that song where I feel like the Lord is speaking to me through that song. Somebody needed to hear that today. Okay, so first of all, yourself, personal time, prayer. Worship. Worshiping the Lord is important. That is another form of prayer. Uh, music is powerful. And so worshiping the Lord, whether it's, you know, you know, by yourself, worshiping the Lord, doing it at church is great. That's corporate. But you need to be worshiping the Lord on your own time. Turn off some of the music you're listening to and put in worship. It's very simple. And put in and put out. <laughs> Uh, If you're feeding your flesh man, that's that Romans chapter 7 man, that's not good. He will dominate you. It's simple. But if you're feeding your spirit man, that's that Romans chapter 8 part of you, then that will dominate you. And you're filling him full of prayer and worship in the Word of God. And so we want that kind of uh, control 
with our spirit man in our life, not to have the flesh man in control. What did we just read in Romans 13? Uh, That we should make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. And so you need to you need to be spending time with the Lord, however you choose to do that prayer, worship, and then the word. You know, if I want to know some someone, I'm going, you know, maybe it's a historical person, uh, you know, whoever I need to read about them, I'm gonna have to study about them, I'm gonna have to maybe watch some videos or what that's reading his word whether you get it through reading it listening to pastors talking you know listening to someone read the bible on it's fine that's fine just get the word in you that's what's important getting his word in you because you're going to be feeding your spirit man and your spirit man's going to be receiving what's going on and you need to comprehend what the lord is saying to you through his word that's the most prophetic thing you can do in your life is read the word of god Uh, Let me just say this, too. You have to build yourself up in your most holy faith. That's what the Bible says. You've got to build your spirit man. It's very simple. It's like like going to the gym or something. You've got to give him a spiritual workout. I know some people that are, you know, real passionate about CrossFit and the gym and, you know, all this stuff. And and that's great. That's wonderful. That's healthy. That's good for you. I wish I saw more Christians like that with their spirit man. Mm, chew on that. All right. So I think I've covered about yourself. That's that inward. You have to develop yourself inward. And let me just say this, too. If you're full of the Word of God, if you're praying all the time, if you're worshiping, you're not going to be fulfilling the lust of the flesh. It's going to eliminate It's going to eliminate a lot of uh, junk behavior in your life. It's hard to stay mad at people when you've been reading about the love of God. <laughs> You know, it's hard to be judgmental when you've been studying about mercy and grace that the Lord has given you. And so really, and and it'll be one of these things where it's sort of like when someone tries to lose a bunch of weight and they're successful at it. Uh, I, I did this one time. I actually lost like 30 pounds one time after I had my second son. And at first it was very slow. To happen, I was like, oh, I'm you know getting discouraged here. This is not happening the way I want it to. But then it's like you reach this place where man, the weight just falls off, and it's so satisfying. And it's kind of like that. It's like if you will just stick with it and be consistent in your pursuit of the Lord, you will hit this little spot where, man, it just kicks into turbo or overdrive, and it becomes so easy, and it becomes just your normal. It becomes the cult, your own personal culture of, hey, I look forward to spending time with the Lord, to getting into worship, to, to reading. My, you know, some people are very routine, regimented. They make their coffee. They get their devotional or their Bible or, you know, whatever they do, put a little soft worship music, and that's their morning time with the Lord. I think that's awesome. My husband does that way. That way. That's not me. (laughs) That's just not how I roll. And so, but I do get that time in with the Lord. It's so important. So, however you choose to do it, it's not. There's no judgment on that. Just you do you, and you and the Lord develop a relationship, a personal relationship. All right, let's move on. Let's move into the upward. So we talked about inward. Let's talk about upward. All right, church. Church is uh, corporate worship. This is where we come together. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. The Bible also talks about when you come together in 1 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 13. One has a song, a hymn, a word of knowledge. You know, 
whatever, an encouraging word for one another. And so we need to develop this idea that I don't just go to church to be a consumer. That's part of it. I'm there for discipleship. I'm there to grow, to learn. I'm there to worship corporately. But part of what I'm here to do is to bring something you know, it said when you come together, one has this, one has that. And it's, of course, got to be in order and all. But oftentimes when I go to church, I will say, Lord, use me today to encourage a brother or sister in the Lord. If I can do that through a song, fantastic. Fantastic. If I can do that through just a hug, a friendly smile, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad you're here today. You know, oh, you're so sweet. I'm so glad you're here. You bring so much to this church. Or maybe it's someone who is always serving the Lord. You know, it just blesses me to see you do all that you do here. Encourage one another. There's power in that. There's corporate power when we learn how to do church properly. I've been in churches that uh, have that culture, and I've been in churches that I wish had that culture. It's better to be in a church where the culture is one of constant encouragement. We have to walk around in the real world where people are not always encouraging. And so when you go to church, it should be a safe haven. You should feel encouragement there. You should feel like you're in unity. You're part of something bigger than yourself when you're there. And so going to church is important. You need to ask yourself why you're here. And let me just break down that church is very simple. We're there for corporate worship. We're there for discipleship to grow. And we're and we're there also for encouragement to to lean on one another when you're going through something maybe you've been through something and you can testify it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and so that can be an encouragement we're we're there for multiple reasons but those are the basic ones you know worship corporate worship we're there for the discipleship to grow to be submitted under the authority of that house that leadership and we're there to encourage one another and so that's that's how the look the kingdom is upside down. If you want to gain, you have to give. If you want to live, you have to die. And so we need to learn how to do things the way the kingdom teaches us. That's that upward. And so we we need to always be going to the church to reach upward. However we do that, and we do that through you know, worship corporately, discipleship, and that means really listening to what your pastor saying. The Lord appointed pastors over us, and the pastor has the vision for the church or the community. And so you need to encourage your pastor too, by the way. So, and then building one another up in our most holy faith, that's encouragement. And so very practical, very simple part of that Romans chapter eight, living And then I'm going to really key in on the other reason we're at church, and that is outreach. And really, that kind of moves us into the outward whole part of inward, upward, outward. And so outward, okay, once you have gotten yourself secure in your identity, you have your own personal walk with the Lord, once you've been in church and you've gotten uh, working on your upward, discipling, being discipled and worshiping corporately, now it's time for you to begin to look outward. That's sort of the natural progression. And so we're going to begin to look outward and we want to evangelize. There's a thing in the Bible called the Great Commission. It says, go ye into all the world 
preaching the gospel, setting the captives free. And so we need to learn how to do that. I am of the belief that church is a wonderful vehicle for you to do that. Most churches offer outreach programs. Uh, They offer all kind of opportunities for you. That's a great place to start. I also believe that we all should have our own personal ministry, whether that's on your own or through your local church. Uh, you should, maybe it's in the area of helps. This is what, you know, church lingo helps. Maybe you, you are the person that when someone is sick, you take them a meal. Or maybe you are the person that when someone has a baby, you know, you make them a little gift basket and drop it off on their door, uh, not really from you, but from the quote church. Or, or whatever, maybe it is from you, whatever you feel led to do. Uh, but you're doing it as unto the Lord to serve people and to love people through the Lord. And so, and to just, you know, be that kind of person. Maybe you cut grass. You know, I've shared before that when we had our second son, I was worried about, you know, just some of the things we weren't getting done. And I, um, we came home and our neighbor had cut our grass. It was so nice. And so that that's a wonderful act of service that that our neighbor did and i really appreciated that Uh, another thing is to be an evangelist you know uh, we should be sharing the gospel and look i understand i've heard people say you know share the gospel and use words when necessary well that's true but that's a little bit um, one side of the coin you need to be using words too (laughs) so there's balance in all things uh, and there's, you know, I don't know that you need to go stand on a street corner and preach, tell people to turn or burn, but you can't never use words also. You need to be able to share the gospel. There's a simple thing called the Romans Road of Salvation. It's just a very easy formula to sharing the gospel right out of the book of Romans with five or six scriptures. Very simple. And so you need to maybe learn something like that and be ready to share your faith. I'm a big believer in the little tracks. You can order those on Amazon or Christian places like Gospel Publishing House. And it's just a little track that will uh, you can talk through it with someone and give it to them and leave it with them. And, and they're usually kind of interesting. And, and it's a basic you know plan of salvation you can share with someone. So I'm very big on being able to evangelize. And I, I've got a whole series that I had so, several special guests on with me to talk about prophetic evangelism, how to let the Lord lead you into evangelism and then there's teaching maybe you have a gift of teaching and you teach a small group or a class or or something like that i've taught small groups before and i teach a bible study and so uh you know but i didn't do that when i was first born again of course i was only seven but (laughs) but it took me years to be able to to build myself up and have an understanding where i would feel comfortable to be able to teach but i just i have to share what the lord has shown me i'm so excited about it and encouragement. Some people have a gift of encouragement. I've met several people in my life that really have a gift of encouragement and can build people up. Maybe you need to be that person in your workplace or your church or your neighborhood. Pray about that. And then discipleship. I'm a big believer in discipleship. Maybe God's calling you to be a discipleship person. There's wonderful programs out there. Freedom is one. Sozo is one. There's all kind of uh, discipleship groups, you know, Bible study you know, whatever, talk to your local pastor. Maybe they have our group, our church offers small group signups and you you can have a meeting with the pastor, maybe do a class. It'd be fantastic if that's what you feel like God's calling you to do. But I definitely think, you know, I went through years where I sat in discipleship classes before I ever thought about teaching one. So 
inward, upward, outward. Just some practical tips on daily Christian living so you can be a light shining as the darkness is passing away. Be a true light in the world today. Have a blessed day. for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.